You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Wednesday edition of the podcast. I hope you guys are all doing great out there, wherever you may be tuning in from. Brian, what is up? Jake, happy day of middle of the weakness to you. I don't know if there's any other way that people might call it, right? I mean, there's no other like weird name for it or anything like that. Hump day. Yeah, you know. Oh, shoot. I knew it. I missed it. <laughs> Nonetheless, we got plenty to get to ahead on today's podcast. We're going to do another position review preview. We're going to talk about Utah's linebacking unit. Devin Lloyd is just one guy amongst a pretty talented group of players. We'll talk about that. Another offer goes out to a local prospect on the recruiting front for Utah football, Cody Hagan, out of Corner Canyon High School. And there's a bill being proposed in California that would affect the Pac-12 schools in that state. How uh, do we react to it? What do we think of it? We'll break that down all, all ahead on today's show. Today's podcast is brought to you by our good friends over at Built Bar as well as BetOnline.ag. Brian, I'm going to let you redeem ourselves. Send us on into the podcast, will you? Jake, happy hub, hump day to you. Oh, I still can't get it right. You know what? I'm saving myself for the good stuff. And that's what we're going to have coming up next. Once again, welcome into Locked On Utes, your daily podcast focused on all things Utah. I'm Jay Catch, joined by my fearless co-host, Brian Brown. We are your co-host tandem, taking you through all the news you need to know as a Utah fan every single day. Brian, we have a very simple request for our listeners, and what is it? We need you to subscribe, rate, review. We try to break it down into threes, Mm -hmm. except when it comes to ratings, and then we want them in fives, and that's five stars only. Absolutely. Your guys' support of this podcast is what makes it go, and a big thank you for doing all of that, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the podcast. All right, getting going here. Let's start off on the football front of things. Brian, we've been doing these position review previews where we look back at 2020 for each position group for Utah and then also take a peek ahead, obviously, spring football upcoming on into the summer and also training camp in the upcoming season. And today we're going to talk about the linebacking unit. And the biggest news, I think, for this unit was that Devin Lloyd decided to forego entering the NFL draft and is coming back to Utah for another season. Without a doubt, he was one of the most productive players on Utah's defense. He was the anchor. He was a guy who had just barely started to demonstrate on film after about five games of getting all the rest of his teammates in line, how good he truly was and led the team in tackles, led the team in tackles for loss, uh, led the team in, in, well, second in the team in sacks, uh, led the team in uh, just being an overall (laughs) BAMF. Yeah. In, in terms of how he played on the field. And I think as I had talked to a few people, the, the indication was that, yeah, he's definitely got it, but another year would help him to showcase really how good he is. And sure enough, it wasn't long before it wasn't long after he announced that he was coming back, that the accolades and the preseason hype started to roll in, in terms of preseason watch lists and potential PAC 12 defensive player of the year candidates. Okay. Let me, uh, 
go back a little bit. I remember the first time I saw Devin Lloyd in a Utah uniform, and I stopped. I, I remember who I was talking to. I was talking to a fellow a media member. I saw him in uniform, and I said, I turned and looked at them. And I said, that guy right there looks every bit the part. And there are a lot of guys who look the part when they get suited up in pads. But Devin Lloyd, yeah, he may he walks the walk as well as the quote unquote talking the talk. Absolutely, he looks like he's just chiseled out of granite, and. <clears throat> He's one of those players that before I really got deep into both following recruiting and covering recruiting, I saw his film on signing day and was just blown away at the fact that, number one, he was a three-star prospect, and number two, that Utah had been able to land him. He was undersized for the linebacker position, but watching him play safety out of San Diego, it was immediately, uh, you know, evident that he was going to be a dominant player. What's fascinating about Devin is I think he got pushed into the role a year ahead of time. And had that not happened, we still might've not even seen him start to pop the way he did this year. Uh, if he doesn't get that, what we ended up seeing is a fortuitous break from Manny Bowen deciding that he was going to go sell essential or I mean, go join a business opportunity. <laughs> That's a joke. He, he really didn't go to do that. I promise. But We'll continue the farce, whatever. Um, Absolutely. And so I think that allowed, much like a slot opened up for Nephi Sewell and allowed him to really demonstrate it and showcase his skill sets, we got uh, early Devin Lloyd that just really showcased how good he can be. And I, I'm curious, Jake, is there a guy on the roster, as we've kind of reviewed the group, that you could see maybe getting that opportunity to slide into that role currently? Man, that's a tough question just right off the bat. But, man, I am intrigued in this linebacking group by one guy. And just keep it with the linebackers. It's Sione Fotu. Uh, I know you had your gaff a couple weeks ago and scared the crap out of people, making people think he was leaving the program. But he is not going anywhere. And for a guy who was, was just a freshman last year, and it was a limited sample size that we saw from him, there seems to be some pretty uh, stellar potential there with that young man. And I, I, if I'm naming a guy, the linebacking group in particular, there's a couple other guys that probably think of other positions, but he's a guy in that linebacking unit that should he be given that opportunity, he very much could be a breakout uh, candidate this year. Agree entirely. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with Sione in terms of uh, the rumors were floating around that he was going to serve a mission. We'll find out a little bit more as spring ball starts, if that really is the case or not. Another guy that I think fits into that mold for me is probably Jeremy Mercier from uh, Gila River Junior College, part of that new conglomeration of Arizona Juco's that really aren't mm -hmm. junior colleges. They're just kind of playing in that Arizona football league. And he was a guy that transferred into Utah, 6'3", 228. I don't know that he has a defined position in this Utah defense as much as he's a tremendous edge player. And I'm very curious to see what he looks like after a year in the program, a year to get a little bit stronger, and a year to adapt to Division One football. Okay, 
two guys I want to ask you about, and I think we all kind of know what we're getting from Nephi Sewell. I think he has proven to be a more than capable player, a guy who can play multiple positions, can kind of be that third safety if you want to go that route on defense for Utah, but also more than capable of playing a more of a traditional linebacker role. Uh, do you see him taking another step, or do you think he may have kind of capped out what he's going to be as a youth? I think the difference with Nephi Sewell is that we're going to see him expand his role in terms of where he plays on the field, not so much how he plays. I think okay. he was pretty reliable, uh, you know, led the team in interceptions. Well, I guess tied with Vontae Davis, which that alone is something I never <laughs> expected to say, especially not going into last season. Uh, second on the team in total tackles, you know, a guy that also had six tackles for loss, second on the team in that category. Uh, but I think, you know, also a very productive player in terms of causing turnovers, forced two fumbles, two recoveries, uh, or excuse me, forced one co- one fumble but recovered two. And so his his nose for the football, and there's a play that stands out in my mind against Colorado where he drops into his zone and he doesn't really hide in that zone, but he drops from a linebacker-type position into almost like a nickel safety area, and the Colorado quarterback just doesn't even think and or see him, throws the ball right to the area, Nephi steps in front of it, and away he goes, causing a huge turnover that helped Utah really capitalize on, on a, a much-needed effort in the second half that just wasn't there in the first. And so I think that's where his role really gets interesting, right, is is where do you play him? Are you going to play him more at linebacker? Will he slide over into that nickel spot? Will he drop into some safety? And I think his versatility, his notes for the football, I think really also opens up the playbook for him to do a little bit more of what Nate Ritchie did last year as the strong safety where you can send him on some blitzes and, and pressure the quarterback using Nephi. All right, to put a bow on this discussion, Brian, a guy that I'm intrigued by, but I'm going to open this up and say, okay, of the other linebackers on this group, who do you think is going to break out? The guy I'm wondering about in particular is Andrew Mataafa, a former three-star prospect. He hasn't necessarily done a ton during his time as a Ute so far. I think there's still hope for him to break out uh, during his time playing in Salt Lake City, but is there another guy amongst this linebacking core that we haven't mentioned today that you think could be a guy who steps up? I think of guys on the roster, he's absolutely the one that you need to take a look at. 6'3", 225 out of Mount Carmel in San Diego. A four-star prospect that was injured his senior year, didn't get to play. That was part of the reason why he ended up at Utah. The bigger issue has just simply been his inability to gain weight. And you look at 6'3", 225 and think, wow, that's a pretty massive human being. And then you look at him in comparison to 6'3", 232 Devin Lloyd, who's probably closer to 240, 250, if we're being honest. And he is just super slight. And part of it is that his inability to gain the weight has limited how much action he can get in reps. And so that's the reason why you want to stay open-minded about him, right? Is that he has started to put on weight a little bit better. I think last year he was closer to the weight that he needed to be at. And then that allowed them to practice him more in position as opposed to just sending him over on the scout team or sitting him on the sideline because he wasn't big enough to play. And you just, when you're not big enough, it's, it's a multitude of issues. One, you just can't hold a spot Two, injuries occur. And three, like you wear down quickly. And so you're just not able to stay current and stay up to speed with, with how quickly things are being introduced. And so that's probably the biggest reason that Mata Afa has not 
uh, popped, as we like to say, in terms of, of making his presence known on the field. I think Hayden Fury, who received a scholarship offer, mm-hmm. is another guy that you might want to keep an eye on in terms of being able to come in and, and hold a spot and maybe make a few big plays from time to time. I don't think he'll be a starter, especially with Ethan Calvert coming in as a true freshman. I'll say Calvert's probably the one that most people are most excited about, obviously, is the, is the high four-star athlete that he is coming in here. But very interesting unit, all of the same, and a lot of talent there, and looking forward to seeing how they do during spring ball and obviously heading on into this season. All right, uh, we will stay with the football theme of things, talk some recruiting. A big local offer going out to Cody Hagan from Corner Canyon High School. We'll talk about him. I've got a little insight on his game and what I've seen from him. I know Brian does as well. We'll touch on that here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Built Bar. Brian, I get excited every time we get an opportunity to talk about this fantastic company because I legitimately, I crave Built Bars and I have never craved a protein bar in my entire life until I tried these. It's not a protein bar. It's a healthy candy bar. And I'm sorry, Built Bar. I know that it's healthy. I know that it has 18 grams of protein. I know that it only has 160 calories. I know that there's only five grams of net carbs in that bad boy. I know that it's built with high protein, with whey protein, the best kind of protein to get when you're trying to feed your muscles. But I eat that like I eat a Snickers, y'all. And that's why it is what it is. That's why you hear about Built Bar so much. That's why it's all across the network. It's why I would buy Built Bar every single day, even if I wasn't doing this podcast. They're fantastic. They're the perfect treat that gets you to indulge in a healthy snack, and that's the best part about it. 20 unique flavors out there, both nut and non-nut flavors. I guarantee you'll be able to find multiples that you will enjoy. You can go to BuiltBar.com, check out their entire line of products, and use the promo code LOCKEDON while you're there for 20% off your next order. It is a great way to save some money on these protein bars. Brian and I are huge fans. We know you guys will be as well, so give them a shot. That's, once again, the promo code Locked on at builtbar.com. Get 20% off your next order and enjoy the best tasting protein bars anywhere. All right, Brian, you and I both saw the news yesterday. Tiger Woods was hospitalized, undergoing surgery after a car crash early yesterday morning. Well, on today's edition of Locked On Today, the podcast, Peter Bukowski will give you the latest details. Cannot encourage you guys enough to check out that podcast. It's all the sports news you need to know about from kind of the 30,000-foot view in 20 minutes or less. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Brian, let's talk some football recruiting. An offer that I am very intrigued by went out from the Utah football program, and that is an offer to Corner Canyon star Cody Hagan, a wide receiver prospect, uh, plays for the Chargers, two-time defending state champions in the 6A ranks here in the state of Utah. Give me your, your initial reaction to Utah offering this young man. Yeah. <clears throat> That's it right there. I'm at a loss for words because I think he probably should have had an offer sooner. And and some of that is simply just that Utah is in a weird place right now where the state of Utah is not as respected in terms of having skill position players and quarterbacks and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And the University of Utah needs to make sure that those are those positions are secured as quickly as possible. And so – Sometimes when you have a player the, the caliber of Cody Hagen, you have to wait for other people to get involved before you officially offer them. Uh, this is kind of the case is he's starting to get interest from BYU. Obviously, they're early. BYU does a good job of getting on, on most of the local kids early. 
but Oregon State sniffing around there, Stanford sniffing around there, Washington State putting their hat into the ring. No, none of these programs have officially offered yet, but at this point in time, it's forced Utah to where they do need to offer him, and he's a lightning bolt of a wide receiver. He's got great twitch. He's a legitimate 6'1", 175, and I thought that he was probably the most physically talented wide receiver of that Corner Canyon group last year. I would agree. Noah Kerr, obviously the son of head coach Eric Kerr, he went to Weaver State, and he's a good player in his own right. But Cody Hagan, he is the true difference maker in that system. Uh, this past season, 55 receptions for 1,184 yards. That's a healthy average of 21.5 yards per reception. Had a uh, long of 93 in terms of reception on the year, and 18 touchdowns, Brian. This kid is uber productive. I think any program here locally would be would be very good to pick up uh, this type of a talent. I think he'd fit well into what they're trying to do at the University of Utah. And I'm with you, though. They, they, they're starting to see these other Pac-12 programs starting to do their due diligence, looking into this kid. BYU's already offered. Utah State, I believe, is also in on him as well. you got to do your due diligence. But I'm of the opinion if Utah picks up a kid like Cody Hagan, they could do a lot worse at, in terms of picking up wide receiver talent. Absolutely, and he's the kind of wide receiver that they really haven't had a lot of in recent years. Uh, you know, the Braden Godfrey, the Travis Latondres, to really sure. take a name back, Brian Hernandez, that kind of shifty slot wide receiver that maybe isn't the 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 twitchy athlete in terms of being able to get side by side, side to side, but has an escapability about them, has the the balance and the footwork to be able to make cuts and get open, and I think that's something that this offense moving forward is, is going to need because this is a team that has to get production out of the wide receiver position. And if you can't get the ball to the Brian Thompson's uh, of the world, then you've got to find a way to, to get guys who will produce, even if it's not those big 20, 25, 30 yard gains. And this is a guy who can do that. He can take a five or a 10 yard play and make it 15. And, and that's the kind of guy that they really, need to get to build that room and hopefully if he does decide to go to Utah that will allow them to get a little bit more culture and continuity and and leadership in the room there too Uh, one thing before we wrap up this part of the conversation is uh, Brian I am hopeful at some point that Utah has a wide receiver breakthrough and I'm not saying that they haven't had other wide receivers breakthrough I think Britton Covey's done great things during his career at Utah but I want to see a guy and maybe a guy like Cody Hagan is that he comes in and puts together just let's say a 800 to a thousand yard season has a really breakout campaign and really proves that you know what yes this is not a place that Utah uh, that wide receivers come to and they're just not utilized they need a guy to come in and prove that you can be productive in this offense because once somebody does it it'll open those floodgates figuratively on the recruiting front and it'll lead to more and more recruiting success especially on the wide receiver front I think it's it's a very similar situation as to what we saw with Zach Wilson, right? Yeah. Where the, the talent is here, but it's the reputation at the next level that just hasn't been solidified yet. And so that's where he has a great opportunity. Uh, you know, Cody, his older brother Cole was a great football player as well, a quarterback yeah. that ended up at Yale, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Um, 
currently serving a mission, but there are, you know, he's not the only wide receiver prospect in, in state right now that I think has potential to make that breakthrough uh, off the top of my head. Uh, one that I think is, is Luke Hyde, uh, another Utah possible lean. Um, I think uh, fine view. Oh, uh, McKenzie brothers. Yes. The, the, the McKenzie brothers uh, out of pine view or another pair that have that potential to make a breakthrough this this recruiting cycle and it'll be interesting to watch which teams and which which programs go after these local recruits as they haven't quite made the breakthrough yet but they will without a doubt you know i i got an update the other day about uh canon devries having a really good uh tournament at the pylon seven on seven with the pink outlaws which is a local group of of utah players that go and to all these travel tournaments and whatnot. And and he's another player that you and I have both seen play up at Weber that I think really has the potential to get some, some attention and some offers. So again, there's a lot of talent here in state that's kind of on that bubble on that cusp that you're waiting to see if they really go through with it. I think Jackson Dart was a great example of it last year, a guy that probably had all the tools, but programs were just waiting to see it really shine through. And when it did, it was just a, an opening of the floodgates for offers. Absolutely. So we'll be tracking all that, and there'll be plenty more on the recruiting front over the coming days and weeks. We'll have it all covered for you guys as we talk about it throughout the upcoming offseason. All right, Brian, we're going to talk about an interesting bill being proposed in California. It would affect the Pac-12. Not necessarily a direct impact on Utah, but it has ramifications if it were to pass for what college athletics would look like. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you, though, by our good friends at Bet Online. We love this place because it's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Brian, I know you said you were going back to the drawing board with regards to kind of your how you're going about your sports betting. Have we figured out a new game plan for you yet? Jake, we are riding the hot hand, so okay. to speak. And, and there's one particular hot hand locally that seems to be doing an excellent job of covering the spread. Uh, I won't make you talk about it, but I can talk about it. And that's what I've been able to learn as I've gone through this adventure with Bet Online is that there are some bets that are worth making and some bets that are not worth taking. That, and that's a very good point, there, man. It, you have to be you have to be smart about it. There's no doubt about it. But the best part is BetOnline.ag makes it real simple for you guys. NBA action ongoing, college hoops, NHL. Uh, Major League Baseball's on the way. I've actually talked to a friend recently who said betting on golf is the funnest thing he has found recently, and I haven't necessarily dug into betting on PGA Tour, etc., but maybe something to look into as well. You can do it all at betonline.ag. It's free to sign up, but they're still offering a 50% welcome bonus when you use the promo code Locked On when you make that first deposit at betonline.ag. Think about it, folks. Free money to bet with. It's all courtesy of Bet Online. Take advantage of that offer now. Go to betonline.ag, sign up for your free account, and when you make that first deposit, use the promo code Locked On to receive that 50% welcome bonus. It's all courtesy of your friends over at Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. 
All right, Brian, as you round out a Wednesday edition of the podcast, there's a bill that's been proposed in California. It's AB 609. What it is is pushing for radical reforms across multiple fronts in college athletics. It wants to impose stiff penalties on athletic departments found to be out of compliance with Title IX, high all of college football, to dramatically regulating athletic department spending, suspending facility spending entirely, also forcing schools to pay direct NIL royalties, particular athletes, uh, this seems like kind of the extreme of an NIL bill, a name, image, and likeness bill, Brian. What has kind of been your reaction to this being proposed uh, in California? It's called the College Athlete Race and Gender Equity Act. I, I think what it is is it's a – California has tried to take this stance of we're going to make it the best possible place for the athletes and we're going to defend all these kinds of rights. And I think really what's happening is they're pushing it beyond that. I think – oftentimes and what we're seeing right now in the NCAA especially is that regulation is harming more than it's helping. Yep. And I think there are certain scenarios where you do need to protect the players. I think the transfer portal is showcasing why some of the rules were in place, but not for the reasons that we necessarily thought they were correct. Yeah. Like the transfer portal has opened up the door for a lot of guys to transfer. And unfortunately there's no door opening on the other side of that portal for them to walk through pardon the terrible literal portal metaphor, but um, I think that's a lot of what this college athlete race and gender equity act is going to do. And I think what the goal is, is to allow the athletes to, to be able to profit more off of their name, image and likeness. But I think what it's really going to do is it's going to harm them. Yeah, no, there's no doubt about it. And so it's actually being proposed by assembly member Sydney Camlogger. I hope I pronounced her last name correctly. Uh, her actually district includes UCLA's neighborhood, funny enough. So uh, mm -hmm. kind of funny to see her in Bruin territory proposing this. But what it would do is it actually would uh, make it so that California's FBS programs would not be able to spend more administrative spending combined than what 50% of the FCS average would be. That would just absolutely cripple the FBS programs in that state. Additionally, it would make, uh, so UCLA, no, excuse me, uh, Cal, the football program, it generated $39 million according to the 2020 fiscal year. Uh, they spent $3.6 million in student aid for football. So you would take that aid from the 50% of the revenue, which is $19.5 million, and then the Bears, according to what this bill is proposing, would then be required to allocate $15.9 million to the royalty fund that pays out to Golden Bears players. That would come out across 85 scholarship players to one hundred and eighty-seven thousand fifty-eight dollars per player per year. And what I think the bill really neglects is it neglects the fact that there are only a few sports in college athletics that are actually revenue generating. Mm -hmm. And while it would be great to have a massive portion of the revenue coming in from football, from basketball, from any other sport that may be generating revenue and be able to allocate literally half of it <laughs> to the players in terms of royalties, guess what that's going to hit? That's going to hit the budget on the track and field team. That's oh, going to yeah. hit the budget on the rugby team for Cal. That's going to hit the budget for women's basketball, for volleyball, for every other sport across the board that is able to survive because of the money that football is bringing in, number one. Number two, how much longer is football going to be able to bring in the kind of money to support those programs? Because things are getting pretty dire right now, as is in the pack. 
Yeah, it just seems like this one's a little bit of overkill in terms of what it's proposing. There is going to be change coming on the name, image, and likeness front. The NCAA should have been out ahead of this way ahead of time, but in typical fashion, they're behind, and they're trying to play catch-up, or maybe not even trying to play catch-up. They just don't seem to care. But nonetheless, I think that the lawmakers out there, both at the state as well as the federal level, they're trying to find the right balance, and I hope at some point they do find that balance, Brian, but this appears to not be be the bill that's going to do that and it's the golden rule in negotiations always ask for the most amount of gold not the amount of gold you you really think you can get absolutely and that's probably where they're starting with this bill but the good news is i think that california has started to take steps ahead of the ncaa almost like they're forcing the ncaa's hand saying we're not going to let you off the hook with this one you need to figure it out and get this moving and i think with so many other wheels rolling in terms of college football from EA sports coming back in, in, in a few years and Notre Dame saying until they figure out how they're going to compensate the players and, and all this other stuff that's going on, it, it, they've got to quit laying off, making decisions on this down the road because it's, it's coming sooner rather than later. And the longer that the NCAA waits on this kind of stuff, the worse it's going to end up being, either for the sports or for the players and either way, whatever happens, something will come up because there is too much money in college athletics and there's too much popularity in it that something will come up that will jeopardize it even more, whether it's alternative leagues or it's players opting out where all you're starting to see that with college basketball, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. So I know they already have the other NIL bill on the books for California. It's supposed to go into effect in 2023. Florida's goes into effect this July. At some point, there's going to need to be kind of a, a just a, a standard across the country with regards to this. But hopefully that comes sooner rather than later. And we'll continue to break this down as more of these stories come out. I'm sure that this will not be the last of these proposed bills that we will discuss on this podcast. All right, Brian, as we wrap things up here on a Wednesday, we want to remind people, make sure to follow us on social media first off. Uh, search out Locked On Cougars on Twitter. Follow Brian at Brown Bear SLC or follow myself at Jacob C. Hatch. But in part upon our our listeners, some uh, bit of wisdom or something to take away from today's podcast that you want them to know on the way out the door. We can't all be the Alabama of our lives, Jake. But if you're going to be Kansas State, be the Kansas State that beats Oklahoma. There you go. I like that. That's a great day. That is some good wisdom there from the brown bear himself that's a good way to end i blacked out what happened (laughs) all right that's gonna do it we will have another edition of the podcast tomorrow have a great rest of your day this has been the locked on utes podcast for february 24th 2021 and we will talk to you manana